Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us this evening for this um, session of Open Book. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Can we just pray? Let's pray for a few minutes. I want you to ask the Lord to bless you tonight. Independent of myself, independent of Pastor Chi, Pastor Chi just ask the Lord to bless you. Ask the Lord to, 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 to speak to you. Ask the Lord to answer your question. Ask the Lord to give you life. The most important thing we come to receive in the presence of God is his life. Hallelujah. 
the life of God is in his word. And when his word is properly broken and people have understanding, his children, they will receive life. Hallelujah. They will receive eternal life. Eternal life comes to us in measures. The measure of the word of God we receive is the measure of God's life we receive. The measure of God's love we will receive. Hallelujah. So I want you to pray this evening and ask the Lord to cause you to receive life in this meeting. Father, we ask for life. We ask for mercy. We ask for your mercy, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We ask for life. Thank you, Jesus. We ask for life, Lord. We ask for grace to receive life, to hear properly, to hear well. It's important that you hear well. Jesus said, take heed how you hear, how you hear. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we bless your name. We honor you. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, these lights are hitting me up badly. Please, can I be rescued? I'm so sorry, online audience, but we're family, right? So no pretenses at all. These lights are hitting me up. Francis, can you help? Pastor, can you help? Please, these lights are hitting me up. I would, I would scream and explode. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Father. All right. Let me, um, Eka, please get me some paper towel or, or handkerchief. Good evening, everyone. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. So last week we, yes, 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 yes. Put on the other AC there. Thank you. So last week we started with questions from questions from um, last year. Wh whatever you heard last year or whatever you read, those in Lamb's Wife, whatever you read through the scriptures on the from the books, and you needed some questions, or you have questions and you need answers, not to need questions, you need answers. And um, someone asked a question. It was a Namdi who asked a question about death. And answering that question, we took the whole time. Now, one of our sisters sent me a feedback on the questions, and she was um, happy. She was excited. But she had this one question. Usually, I like questions to be answered um, you know, on the platform for everyone to hear because you'll be surprised that your question is someone else's question, okay? So, and let me read um, her comments on, on, you know, my answers or the, the feedback that we shared. It said, thank you so much for explain, explaining the death debacle properly. It's crystal clear, that's good. Now, the only comment I have concerning disappearing 
is none of those who disappeared desired it. To my knowledge, but I could be wrong. It appears God plucked them out on his own accord. I don't think it's a sin or offense to desire to be plucked away by God, but there's no precedent in the world for act proactively pursuing such an exit. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, um, praise God. So I, my response was that, first of all, anything you see in the scripture, thank you so much, sir. Anything you see in the word of God, anything you see in the scripture can be pursued. Any pattern, any healing, any miracle. Any, uh, as long as it is not the rituals of the law, what do I mean? For example, if you go to the Old Testament now, you see where Aaron offered sacrifice, you see where, you know, they offered sacrifices in the old covenant, and then you come and do it. Then you're not, you're not practicing the scriptures with lights. Okay, you're practicing the scriptures foolishly because those practices and ordinances have been abolished. But whenever you see divine intervention, that's what I mean, something like that. Or whenever you see an operation of God, you can desire it, okay? Principles, doctrines, uh, and the rudiments of God's word are drawn from the things that we see in the scriptures. Hallelujah. Let's, let me see if I can um, get a scripture to... Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm trying to find a scripture that talks about the things which we have heard resting on the law and the prophets. I'm trying to, I thought there's one in the New Testament. It's the ones in Jeremiah I've seen, but let me see. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so let's see Romans chapter three. Oh, wow, that's good. Let's see Romans chapter three. Are we on? Are we still on? Can you hear me? Awesome, good. So let's see Romans chapter three. Romans chapter three. Verse 21, it says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all 
and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The righteousness of the law, the righteousness of God apart from the law is now being manifested and the law and the prophets testified. That witnesses means testified of it. Not that they saw it because the law was in the old covenant. This righteousness of the law without the law had not been established at the time um, the law was in effect. Praise God. And also the prophets of the Old Testament at that time, it was not in effect. So what I'm just trying to say is that anything we see in the scriptures that God did for someone, every child of God has a right to ask God for it, to desire it, to claim it. Okay. Now I want to, I also shared with her from the book of Philippians chapter three. Okay. Now, Philippians chapter 3 is Paul pursuing that, that resurrection from the dead while still alive. It is called resurrection from the dead. When the body enters into immortality, the body has entered fully into life. And that body can never be killed by death. It's impossible for death to take it. The only way that body can drop is if the one who lives inside the body desires to leave the body. Even, even you can negotiate a deal with God when it's time to go, okay? If you so desire, um, except it's a divine appointment to go in a certain way, right? So let, let me read this. Um, let's look at Philippians chapter three. I want to read from verse 10. Uh, I want to read from verse nine. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, right? So Paul, if you know the history of Paul in the Bible, Paul was a Pharisee. He was a righteous man according to the law and he was pursuing righteousness according to the law, praise God. But when he met Jesus and he began to learn the new life that is in Christ Jesus, the eternal life that God has brought to us, he saw that the righteousness according to the law that he was pursuing was rubbish. It couldn't buy him salvation. It couldn't buy him a place before God. Okay, if you read from the verse one of chapter three, that's what you, know, uh, that's what you will learn in that scripture, in that chapter of the Bible. So in verse seven, he said, but what things, what things were gained to me, these I counted laws for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. He actually suffered the loss of all things. His status, his, his, his position, and I also believe means of living, you know, livelihood and things like that. Um, <laughs> he suffered the loss of all things for real, honestly. And verse 9 says, and be found in him, for whom I suffered loss of all things, and do count them but dung. Now, all of those things that he suffered, he lost, he counted them as dung. Okay? Don't know how many of us know what dung is. Dung is poo. Counted them as dung, that he may win Christ, that he may come into Christ, right? And be found in him, be found in Christ, not having his own righteousness, which is of the law. So he had a righteousness which he lived by, and that righteousness was righteousness by the law. Those of us in Lamb's wife, 
um, the teachings that we have dropped in the past few days, we've, we've, we've been dealing with um, um, uh, repentance from dead works and faith towards God, okay? And we did uh, teach on what dead works means in the Old Testament. That is righteousness of the law, okay? That righteousness has been nullified. It is no longer effective. It is no longer acceptable before God. And the righteousness which we now have is only righteousness that can be attained through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now let's continue. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So there is a righteousness that is of God, but it can only be attained by faith. Without faith in God, without faith in Lord Jesus Christ, we will never be called righteous, no matter how good, uh, how good things we do. I, I was in a church a few weeks ago, and I did say that, you know, as much as holiness is a wonderful thing, but that if you live holy, you will not enter heaven if you live holy without knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. And I saw the faces of some of them change. You know, I tried to explain it properly, but I'm not sure I drove it home. You know, when I left and I was analyzing the things I thought, I felt that that aspect, I didn't really drive it home for them. Now, the best way I can ex explain it is if you live in a man's house, okay, and the man has biological children, which he gave birth to through his loins, okay, his own biological children, right? Now, except there is a legal adoption, now, except there is a legal adoption where the man of that house legally adopted those in his house to be his children and they change their surnames to his surname, they will never be his children, no matter how goodly behaved they are. Do you understand what I'm saying? They will never be that man's biological children. A man's biological children is, uh, is different from people around you that look like you, that behave like you, even your sister can look like, even your sister can be a split image of you, even your sister's child, but not your child. That child still is not your child. Do you understand? So just holiness without being born by God, being born of God will not make you a child of God and will not get you a place in heaven. For those who are running for heaven, praise God. Hallelujah. You say, you, Uncle, are you not running for heaven? Heaven and beyond. <laughs> I'm running for heaven and beyond. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So let, let's go back to the scripture. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that's which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Now, this is what this righteousness, which is of God by faith, this is how, this is the cry of that righteousness. Number one, that I may know him, Okay. I want to know God. That's one. Two, I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to participate. I want to be a partaker in the fellowship. I want to fellowship in his sufferings. And then I want to be made conformable unto his death. If, this is where I'm going. If by any means I might. So it is, there are probabilities here. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Now, look at verse 12. He said, not as though I had already attained. So whatever Paul was looking for in this verse 11 is attainable 
be in our life. It's attaining will be in our life because he's saying, I'm, this thing I'm saying is not that I have already attained it. This is my desire. It's not that I have already attained it. No. But, or we're already made perfect. But I follow after in that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. What does this scripture mean? So what am I doing? I am following after Christ. I'm running, okay, so that I can be able to hold the reason why God held me. There's a purpose for which I have been held by God. What is that purpose? For me to become Christ in simple everyday language and yet very mystical and very difficult for us to comprehend. I want to hold that for which I have been held. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect. So let me explain it like this. Sometimes you come to hug people and you hug somebody, but the person is not hugging you. Right? So if the person is not hugging you, the hugging is not complete. So many of us, God is hugging us, but we are not hugging him back. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. That's the best way I can break it down for um, understanding for those who are not very mature. Okay, so he says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling. You see, this is the place you will see. I believe this is the only place where you see high calling um, in this context, in the scriptures. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So there's a prize that, you know, is waiting for us to be, to receive, okay? Um, the prize that will be given to those who are able to answer this calling of God. Hmm. Perfection. Perfection. That's perfection. Okay? And when you attain there, anything can happen to you. You can desire anything. Now, one of the things that will happen to you in that place, rightly, like you said, uh, uh, my sister Kichi, if your allocation is to be matired, you'll be matired. Okay? And I believe to a degree, to a higher degree than our desire, it's also an allocation, allocation to be an Enoch, to be an Elijah, uh, to be a John, John, the apostle of love. Many Bible scholars believe that he didn't die physically. He, he's still on the earth somewhere, in a realm on the earth somewhere, because there is no, he's the only apostle that there is no record of his death. Brother Sadhu has had a decision from him and he believed it was Apostle John that he saw. Um, I know a young man who has had a visitation from an old saint who lived in the United Kingdom, who had been in the United Kingdom for 200 and something years. I hope I'm narrating this correctly. Um, but that man appeared to him, I think once or twice and tried to tell him the revival history of the UK and that environment that he lived in. And the guy said, I have been here for 200 and something years. He came in as a cab driver. So which cab driver is 200 and something years? Anyways, 
I'm just saying this for us to know that these things are happening. But her question is not that it's not happening. Her question is, can a believer press, ask for it, desire it? Hallelujah. Well, anything you see in the scriptures, you can desire, right? When you walk right, you become perfect. Um, it becomes a matter of between you and the Lord and what your allocation is. I've also found out that when you are a friend of God, you can have your way with God. <laughs> when Jesus appeared to Kenneth Hagin, um, he told Kenneth Hagin when Kenneth Hagin was praying for his wife not to die because he received that he perceived, they perceived that there was death. She was supposed to go for a surgery on her neck, goiter. And he perceived that if she went for that surgery, that she would die on that operating table. And um, so he began to seek the Lord. He was praying all night for three days. The third night, the Lord walked up to him, appeared to him physically and said, I have come to answer your prayers. And then he said to him, your wife is not going to die. She should go for the surgery and she won't die. And then he said, it is her divine destiny to die on that table. He said, but because you have asked, I have come to answer your prayers. Tell her to go for the surgery. She will no longer die, but she will live. Amazingly, Oretha Hagen, Mama Oretha Hagen, outlived her husband. She was alive when her husband died at 80 something. She outlived him. She also had a bout with cancer. And when that cancer issue came, he asked her, he said, how do you want to be healed? What do you want to do? Do you want to go on the medical option or you want to stand on God's word strictly? And the woman said, I want to go with the medical option. And she chose the medical option. She went in and did all the follow through with all the procedures and was declared cancer free and lived to be almost 90 years before she went to be with the Lord. So we can negotiate our way. You know, Kennedy wrote a book called You Can Write Your Own Ticket with God. Hallelujah. So I believe that it just depends on how hungry I am, how much I'm pursuing God, how much time I'm spending with God, how much I am changing. My heart is changing. The words that come out of my mouth are changing. My attitude is everything. I'm, you know, working. Uh, uh, I'm journeying to be more and more like Jesus Speak less evil until you speak zero evil, okay? <laughs> yes, start from where you are and be reducing and be cutting off and be cutting off until from your lips, there'll be no guile. You will not speak guile from your lips anymore. Hallelujah. Because in the book of Peter, scripture is very clear. He said, do you see a man that will live long and have good days? He said, he must eschew. He must hate evil, that's number one. And he keeps his lips from speaking guile. Hallelujah. And he must pursue peace. You know, we must give ourselves to pursuing peace, not pursuing trouble, not making trouble, but pursue peace. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So uh, welcome, everyone. So we want to go to, are we clear? Let me ask if, thank you so much, um, Kichi. God bless you. Let me ask if there is anyone that needs further clarification. Like the word also says, delight yourself in the Lord exactly. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit you, your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act perfect. Thank you so much. Um, so I don't know, is there anyone else that has a question related to uh, death? 
or related to what, what I just said, if you need some clarification, we can take a few more minutes to do that before we launch into what we want to do today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. I'm waiting. Any question? Comments? Question? Comments? All right, so we want to resume from um, what we were doing last year, but um, tonight I'm going to speak from the context of the conference theme. We have a conference going on, and I want to speak from the context of that conference. Um, praise the Lord, the tree of life, Yahweh to face, the tree of life. Yahweh to face actually just means you coming face to face with the Lord. The Bible says that as we behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are changed into, into the same image from glory to glory. What does it mean? When I look into the word of God, that mirror is actually the word of God. When I look into the mirror of God, what I will see, when I, when I look into the word of God, what I will see in that word of God is the face of God. What I will see is, is God Almighty. Hallelujah. Now, the more I behold the word of God, the more I behold the scriptures, the more I behold the mirror of God's word, the more I am changed. So it becomes important that we spend time beholding the glory of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, for God who commanded the light, chapter 4 verse 6, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is the face of Yahweh, the face of Yeshua. Okay, God has commanded light to shine out of darkness. He has also, God, who commanded light? God commanded light to shine out of darkness. Glory to God. He has also shined in our hearts. God has shined that light in our hearts. That light is Jesus Christ, okay? Hallelujah. Resurrection from the dead, glory to God. Has shined in our, in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, to give the understanding of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So we cannot see the glory of God without the image of Jesus Christ. Do you understand? The glory of God is communicated to us through Jesus Christ, through who he is, through what he is, through what he stands for, through, you know, <laughs> his person. So it is, it is through faith in Jesus that we enter into Jesus. And then when we enter into Jesus, we begin to learn of Jesus. 
Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit said the Holy Spirit when he comes, the comforter when he comes, he will not speak of himself. He will not speak of himself. He said he will speak of me. And then he will take of mine. He will take the things that are of me and he will give them to you. He will deliver to you my life. He will deliver to you my wisdom. He will deliver to you my counsel. He will deliver to you my ways. That is what the Holy Spirit will do in the life of a believer, to deliver Jesus Christ to us. Praise God. Why is he delivering Christ to us? Because when we face the judgment seat of Christ, the parameter for judging us or for rewarding us, the parameter for judging us or for rewarding us will be Christ. You know, kind of like a scale, you will put, if you want to weigh, you know, the olden day scale, if you want to get uh, 20 pounds weight, so these, these pound weights, they are you know, in small, small circles like this, like, okay? So maybe if you go to buy meat and they are still using old days uh, scale, they, they, you know, there's a balance. So if you want your meat to be 20 kg, you take a piece of steel that is 20 kg weight, you put it on one side. When you put it on one side, you see that this other side will go down, right? And then you start putting your meat, start putting. If you take, put five pounds, it will come up a bit. If you put 10 pounds, it will come up a bit. By the time you measure up to 20 pounds to be balanced, that's how we're going to be judged, Christ. So Christ is going to be on this scale and then we take our lives and put it on this scale. Now, if you attend to that Christ stature, everything will balance. You will get the full reward of Christ, okay? But some people will not get 100%. Some people will get 60%. So you see that the scale will tilt a bit. Their glory and their reward will also be lower. Some people will get 30%. You see that their scale also will be lower. The tilting of the scale will be, you know, the difference will be much, okay? It will be lower than 60, okay? It's not going to be the same reward, not going to be the same height. And then some people will get zero. There was no Christ in them at all, at all. They, on, they only just managed to escape hell. We've done this teaching exhaustively. Um, if you joined us recently, if you started attending this meeting recently, please join the, um, um, join the uh, Telegram group for Kevadula messages. And you will see some of these messages there. Please take time and listen to them. You'll be blessed. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let's go to the book of Genesis chapter one in the light of chapter two, in the light of um, in the light of a conference. Please, can you shoot the banner for the conference again on the screen? Hallelujah. So Genesis chapter two, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, I want to say something. Now, if you've been listening to my husband, you've seen him try to throw some light into 
interpretation of scriptures and how those who interpreted scriptures interpreted it from the Babylonian wisdom or with Babylonian knowledge. The people that wrote the Bible are Jews, it is Hebrews, and the Hebrew language is not, it's not like an English language. The Hebrew language is a dramatic language. There's a lot of drama, a lot of acting in, 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 the, in the Hebrew language. So if you do not fully understand the Hebrew language, you might not be able to interpret properly to English what the Hebrew is saying. So having said that, the core to understanding scriptures without you laboring to go to Hebrew or go to Greek, you know, even the lexicons or whatever they call them, you know, uh, the core to understanding the scriptures is first of all, understanding the nature of God, who God is, what his intention is with man and how, uh, um, uh, how his ways, understanding his ways, right? Through his nature, God is love. God is a savior. His name is salvation. God does not lure men. God does not set traps for men. God does not, God will not come and give you evil or come and do evil to you. That is not the nature of God. So anytime you read scriptures and that interpretation is tending towards that way, I want you to bear in mind that there must have been some conditions that the interpreters did not interpret properly, okay? Because things that happen to us as a result of disobediences are consequential, okay? They are consequential. The consequences of me putting my hands over a hot stove is that my hands will get burnt. Am I correct? If I put my hand on top of a hot stove, it's not going to get burnt. Now, am I going to blame the person who put the hot stove there? No, I can't. Particularly when there is a notice, do not touch. Stove is hot. Do not, do not touch. So you will not get burnt, right? And then you see it and you go and put your hands there. And then the consequence, by the time you take out your hand, you, your hands are fried. And then you blame the person who lit. No, no, no. Possibly that, that stove was lit up for winter to heat up the house so that the house can be warm because it's winter. In the olden days, they were not heating their homes with electric heater. They were heating their homes with firewood and, and coal, right? So if a child or someone goes into where that fire that red hot coal and you stick your hands into it, you get burnt. Now, that harm that came to you is consequential. It's consequential. Praise God. You see, particularly in this part of the world, don't dump your refuse here. Trespassers will be prosecuted. Now, people see those signs and they will still go and dump their refuse there. Do not urinate here. Prosecutors will be persecuted. People will still go and release them. Trespassers will be prosecuted. People will still trespass. Now, if they are caught, whatever happens to them is consequential. It's as a result of breaking a law. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I want us to have that in our hearts all the time. All the time. So let's go back to the scriptures. And out of the ground, may the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, good for food. The tree of life also 
in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, the reason why I said this is because I doubt that it is God who planted the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But let me leave it there. That's not what I want to prove tonight. It's immaterial, whether he's the one who planted it or not. But I believe he's not the one who planted it. Okay? Because God doesn't do evil. He can't plant evil. <laughs> Basically, you know, at this time, there was already a being called Satan. He had, he had, he had fallen. He was Lucifer. And then he had fallen. And when he fell, he became Satan, became the devil. Hallelujah. And he could traffic realms of God's creation. Hallelujah. So let me leave it there. And then let's read further. And let's go to verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt die. Thou shalt surely die. So the consequences of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is death. Hallelujah. So now Jesus has come. Adam ate, disobeyed God, ate that tree, and was driven out of the garden. And, you know, we know what has happened since then. Jesus came as the second and the last Adam to bring us redemption from the sin of Adam. Before this time, Adam had already multiplied his nature all over the whole world. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So men are born with the nature of Adam because the law of procreation, the law of multiplication, is that everything we produce after its kind. A lizard gives birth to lizard, a chicken gives birth to chicken, that from the, from the seed of a guava tree, when you take the seed of a guava tree and plant it, you're going to get another guava tree, you're not gonna get a mango tree, because by creation, by the DNA composition of everything that God created, including himself, we are to produce after our kind. When God gives birth, when God produces, God also produces afterwards his kind. Let us make man in our image and in our own world likeness. Hallelujah. So today you are born of God. God, if you are born of God, then you are like your father because God will produce afterwards his kind. Hallelujah. Now when Adam came, Adam filled the whole earth with his kind and then Jesus came to redeem us from that nature. Because Adam ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, praise God. But we still see, hallelujah. We, see, we still see, if we go back, we go into the book of Revelation, it looks like after Genesis, um, all of, all the scriptures, are a bit silent on the tree of life. When you go past Genesis, the only other places you will see references to tree of life is probably in the book of Proverbs or the book of Psalms. And every other place is silent. Now the tree of life reappears again in the book of Revelation. Hallelujah. Um, so let me read, let's read Revelation chapter two, verse seven. So if you can have Revelation chapter two, verse seven on the screen. 
August 12 weeks. Oh my God. Okay, all right. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To him that overcometh, will I give to it of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Hallelujah. To him that overcometh, will I give to it of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The garden of God, paradise of God. Let's, let's look at Revelation chapter 22 and verse 2. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 2. In the midst, well, let's read from verse 1 so that we can have a bit more understanding. Please, from verse 1, please. Hallelujah. And he showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there, wa there was the tree of life. Hallelujah. In the midst of the streets of it, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life, which bore 12 kinds of fruit and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, for the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face. Praise God. So we see this tree of life reappear in the new in, in the book of Revelations when we have come into when we would have come into the fullness of all things. But the one we read in Revelation chapter 2 is a promised reward to those who overcome. I will give them right to eat of the tree. Of life. Now, this tree of life is not a physical tree, right? It's not even a mystical tree. This tree of life, let me just, I don't want to do too much revelation. This tree of life is Jesus Christ. It's Christ. Hallelujah. It's Christ. The tree of life right now is Christ. And you, someone is going to ask, but in Revelation chapter 2, he's saying that those that overcome, he will give them rights to eat from that tree. The reason is because at the beginning of our new birth, the person that has come into us, the person that lives inside of us, yes, so when we say Jesus lives in me, Jesus lives in me, but the person who is really living inside of us is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of the Godhead. We can see that in the book of Ephesians. Now, it is critical, it is important that believers mature and grow in understanding of the knowledge of God. We want to leave uh, God save me, God help me, God provide for me, and enter into the mysteries of God. My husband has been talking about starting teachings on the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Praise God. Now, it is given to you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. It is not given to the Gentiles. It's not given to the lost. It is given to a child of God. If you have come into Christ, then it has been given to you to understand the mysteries of God. Labor not to, to, not labor to grow. Labor not to leave your Christianity at that level where all you do is, oh, God, help me. Oh, oh God, help me. Oh, 
Oh God, save me. Oh, right? Praise God. Now, that is good if you are a baby, if you are an appeals. Is it appeals or appeals? I think it's appeals. That is the interpretation, the, the Greek uh, uh, word for infants, newborn, newborn babies in Christ. They don't know anything. The only thing they know is to cry. When a baby is born, the only thing the baby knows is what? Crying. The baby is hungry. Wah! The baby is hot. Wah! The baby is cold. Wah! The baby don't wee wee. Wah! The baby don't. Everything is just cry, cry, cry. And when you have settled the baby, giving the baby everything the baby wants, then the baby will be quiet and sleep. <laughs> That's the only time the baby will not complain. That is the condition of many believers. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Jesus is Lord. All right. Let's 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 look at script, scriptures. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Let's go to Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter one, verse fourteen. So I was saying that the Holy Spirit is the down payment, okay? Now look at this. Listen very carefully, please. Ephesians chapter 1 says, In whom, I'm reading from verse 13, In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth. Now when you initially heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you trusted in Christ. Yes. In whom also after that you believed. After you believed and received Jesus, you were sealed. God put a seal on you. God put a mark on you. In the realm of the spirit, we are marked with Christ. We are marked that we belong to God. I want you to know that. I want you to know that. That Satan knows that you belong to Jesus. Now, you need to know that you belong to Jesus and establish the boundaries for him. Now, many of us have lived our, our lives, including myself, and allowed Satan into our lives to, to cause too much havoc because we didn't understand that we could not be touched by Satan as, as long as we belong to Jesus. As long as we belong to Jesus, we couldn't be touched. We should not be touched by Satan. Now, even some people who are serving the Lord, some of us in serving the Lord will do some exploits for the kingdom and the enemy will attack it. You, when you come out with that exploit, you already have a mindset that Satan is going to attack me now because you have done the will of God. Satan is not to attack any of us, not to attack any of us because you do the will of God. It's a contradiction of scriptures. It's an error that has become a doctrine in the body of Christ. And we're going to be preaching it and preaching it and preaching it until we preach it out of our system and preach it out of our belief system. And then we completely disarm the enemy from having any inroad into our lives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, in whom also, after that you believe, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest. The Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. This earnest here means down payment. Down payment of our inheritance. What is our inheritance? Our inheritance is the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is our inheritance. Praise the Lord. Now, God is saying, because you have believed in me, 
Because you have trusted in Jesus and you have believed in the gospel and you have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, I would put the Holy Ghost, I will give you the Holy Ghost as a seal to ensure that everyone knows that you are mine, number one, to lay claim on you, establish ownership, that is one. Then number two, to raise you, to build you up, to bring you to that place where, number one, you will love me. Love me indeed. Now, I know that every child of God loves God. Of course, if you didn't love God, you won't be serving him, right? But permit me to say that love is in levels. And love is demonstrated. The love of God is demonstrated in our obedience to him. The love of God is demonstrated in how much we give our will to serve him. The love of God is demonstrated. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my words, commandments. Hallelujah. Time will not, I pray time will permit me to finish, finish this message at least to a good degree. Praise the Lord. Now, this scripture here is saying, until the redemption of the purchased possession. Now, what was purchased? You were purchased. I was purchased. The Bible says in the book of, 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 of Acts of Apostles, I think it's Acts chapter 20, that the Holy Ghost purchased us with his own blood. So we have been purchased. In the book of Corinthians, the scripture tells us that our spirits and our bodies belong to God. So both my spirit and my body has been purchased and has become God's property. Praise God. Hallelujah. So my spirit belongs to God. Say with me, my spirit belongs to God. My body belongs to God. My spirit belongs to God. My body belongs to God. Now you see, because your spirit and your soul and your body is God's property, it becomes an illegality for Satan to touch it. Because Satan shouldn't touch anything that belongs to God. That needs to sink. So we also know that the enemy touching our bodies with sicknesses and diseases and attacks is an illegality. There's too much illegality we have given room. We have given the enemy room for. Now, I'm trusting the Lord that some of this teaching will help all of us, including me, come into the full confidence of who God and what God did in us and for us when Jesus came into our lives. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he says here, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. So this is the purchased possession. But this purchased possession has not been fully redeemed. The spirit is saved. The soul is being saved. The body is yet to be saved. Don't forget in the book of Ephesians, which we read, I mean, Philippians, which we read, Paul was talking about an operation whereby he would enter, his body will experience resurrection of the dead. That means that his body will come into that state where it can no longer be subject to death. It has entered into immortality. Right? Now, many believers don't even believe this to start with. I know some people, <laughs> I know some people that when they hear it, it becomes a fight. They start quarreling. So if you don't even believe it, that means you have made yourself a victim of death. That means death can take you out. Meanwhile, death shouldn't take you out. Now, whether you live to be 200 years on the earth or whether you, you journey from the earth realm into the spiritual realm, you know, by translocation or by adoption into that realm or by disappearance into that realm, however realm, 
Whether you do that or not is immaterial. The issue is, whether that happens to you or not is immaterial. The issue is, as a child of God, death should not have dominion over you. Sickness should not have dominion over you. Now, some people believe to the degree that sickness should not have dominion over them, but they do not believe to that degree that death should not take them. So you see believers still quoting scriptures that say, all of us will die one day. Okay, let me not go there. Let me me come back. Let me come back. (laughs) Let me come back. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, the good thing, when you aim high, right? If you were ever in sports, if you were doing sports in your life, you would know that when you are training for sports, you would always increase your marks, right? If you were doing high jump, if you jump one meter and you conquer one meter, the next thing is that you're going to increase, right? And the higher you aim, the more you will push yourself. Am I correct? The higher you aim, the more you will push yourself. That's also the same thing in spiritual matters, in spiritual things. Okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So our our bodies and our, our souls are awaiting redemption, full redemption. Hallelujah. And when what will what will bring about that full redemption is the feeding from the tree of life. The theme of the conference, the tree of life. The feeding, the feeding from the tree of life. Feeding Christ, eating Christ from the tree of life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is this too hard? Am I getting too too technical? You know, I like to teach milk of God's word. (laughs) That one, everybody likes it. No need to crack your brain. (laughs) Glory to God. But hey, am I, is everybody understanding what I'm saying? Eh, my life audience, who doesn't understand? Who is understanding what I'm saying? Who doesn't understand? Hmm? Hello, you don't understand? You don't understand what I'm saying? You do? Okay, good. Oh, absolutely. Yes, you must understand. You, you should understand, Barbara. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So if anyone here doesn't understand, please let let me know you don't understand. And then I would repeat myself and tell me which aspect that you do not understand, okay? My live audience, permit me to continue. After we shut down, go offline, I would explain to anyone who doesn't understand. Okay, but make sure you write which aspect you do not understand, okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I was saying that what will bring you to that place, that redemption of the purchased purchased possession is feeding on Christ, feeding on Christ. Praise God. 
And feeding from Christ is feeding from the tree of life with all, sorry, with all manner of fruits. We saw that in the book of Revelation chapter 22. In the midst of the tree of the street of it, and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. That same tree of life was there. And that tree of life bears 12 different manner of fruits, yielding her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healings of the nation. So I will eat the leaves, I will eat the fruits, praise the Lord, from that tree. Now, that tree of life is not a physical tree. Please, it is Jesus Christ. It is Christ. Hallelujah. Now, it's very important for us to understand um, for us to understand the pattern that God has ordained for a believer to come into maturity. I want to say that again. I said it's very important for us to understand the pattern, the building pattern. You know, Paul called himself a wise master builder. Okay? A wise master builder. The wise master builder is the, master, the builder that has the architectural design of a property, the architectural design of a house. So he knows how and where that house should be positioned. He also has an image in his mind of what that house will look like when it is finished. In the today construction industry, you can actually do a model of the house which you have designed and you're looking at it you know, through the computers or through all of these softwares. Some people even go as far as, far as molding the image of the type of house that they have designed and they put it there as a model. So when they finish the construction, when they are building, they are looking at the image to check whether what they are building is what they designed. Now God has designed a house, the house where he would live, hallelujah. And that house that God has designed where he would live is made up of human beings. It's made up of you and I. So some people in that God's house are the floor. Some people in that God's house are the pillars. Some people in that God's house are the windows. Some people in that God's house are the blocks. Some people in that God's house are the ceiling. Some people in that God's house are the roofing material, the electrical wires, the streets, the, the lights. Praise God. God designed this house and God gave the design of that house, downloaded it into the hearts of prophets and teachers so that they can come to the earth and raise men after that manner. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit is inside of us to make sure that if I am the window in God's house, I am properly caught to shape. Because the Holy Ghost knows which part of that God's house where they are supposed to walk, install the window. The hole is, has already been made. Now, if the hole that was made is two by four, and then I come out as one by two, will I fitly fit into that space? No, I will be disqualified. Now, when it comes for them to take the window piece and insert, put in the hole that was made for that window, when they put me there, I don't fit in, what would happen? They would discard it. So it is critical for us to understand the pattern of the growth, uh, um, the growth pattern. I don't know if my English is correct now. The pattern. It's important for us to understand the growth process that God has put in place for his patterned house. Okay? 
And the core, the core of the gospel is that the glory that will come upon us is the glory of Jesus Christ. So we must look like Jesus Christ. There's no escaping it. We must look like Jesus Christ. For us to become the bride of Christ, we must look like Jesus Christ. Now, the way that we can look like Jesus Christ is by feeding from the wisdom that comes from Christ. The wisdom that we produce, the nature of Christ in us. The wisdom that we bring the nature of Jesus Christ into the life of a believer. I must learn that wisdom. No matter how long it takes me, I need to learn that. I must tell myself daily that this is my assignment. This is what I have come into this world for. Jesus said, for this purpose was I born. For this purpose was I born. This is the reason why I came into the world. I came in to die for sinners. So he fulfilled his purpose. You also, there is a reason why you were born. For this purpose was I born. The core purpose why you were born is so that you can become a part of the building of God. A part of the house of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you get saved and God plants you in a church. God plants you in a church. When you first get saved, you're first of all a baby. And it's okay to be a baby when you are a baby. It's not okay to remain a baby when you should have become a child. It's not okay to, be, to remain a baby when you should have become a man. Praise God. It's not okay for you to keep causing problems, sowing seeds of discord amongst brethren. I want to break it down to things that we do. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, to raise you from a baby upwards, okay, because you have baby, the infants, the babies, the children, the sons, and the fathers, okay? And the highest level of sonship is the heroes of God's word, the heroes of God who actually become matured sons of God, okay? And then the journey continues because every level, every stage has levels. Every stage has levels. Praise God. Hallelujah. There was a teaching that my husband was listening to day before yesterday night. I woke up to pray at midnight and I saw him listening to that message by, by, uh, by Joe Sweet, Joseph Sweet, right? And when I woke up, I saw that Brother Smart had posted the same message on some of the chat groups posted on preparing his bride chats, uh, preparing the bride of Christ. That was the title of that. Message. I need you when you when we're done tonight. I need you to go listen to that message, preparing the bride of Christ. You will have better understanding into what I'm saying. Okay. Hallelujah. Now, when I listened to that message, <laughs> I I cried a bit. I said, "Cry, God." have been called to prepare the bride of Christ. Me, I've not even been prepared myself as the bride of Christ. 
I mean, I just saw so many lapses, so many areas in my life that needed attention, that needed for me to pay more attention to my work with God and raise my work with God to a degree, a higher level of work. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Recently, um, last year, during the last conference, the Lord sent us a visitation and it was as a result of that visitation that we started the series of teaching that we we're doing. The Lord sent us a visitation of different Old Testament saints. Um, Kenneth Hagin, John the Baptist, uh, Moses, and other 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 um, other old saints. Okay, um, um, there was Catherine Kuman. There was um, um, this woman. I've forgotten her name. Some other saints that worked in the realm of the miraculous. But the ones that were active, according to the seer, were these three men, Moses, Elijah, Moses, John the Baptist, and Kenneth Hagin. Now, the, 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 the instruction that we, the interpretation of that visitation was to raise men after this order in the next seven years. So as a wise master builder, we understand that the foundation what will take people from when they are children to become adults or what will take people from winning them from the milk from when they are babies to when they become children who will no longer suck milk, you know, suck from the breast all the time. That is their only means of sustenance is um, the milk of God's word. And the representative of that milk of God's word is the kind of man that Kenneth Hagin became based on the spiritual truths which he taught, the undiluted spiritual truths which he taught, which was faith, okay? So it becomes important that the first foundation that a believer must lay in his life is the faith foundation. Praise the Lord. And the core, the beginning of that faith foundation is number one, that God is your father, the fatherhood of God. For when you come into Christ, you must come into the understanding that God is your father, right? Now, when you understand that God is your father, then you begin to extend your faith for your daily life towards him. Learn to trust him. Learn to depend on him for everything. It's a training which you should not escape. Now, the reason why I'm challenging us not to escape that training is because in the course of your maturity, in the course of trying to serve God, in ministry, when the responsibilities that God has given you has been revealed to you and you understand what God has called you to do, or probably because of your commitment in a church or your dedication and your faithfulness, faithfulness, the church will elevate you and give you an office. For example, you can be given the office of a deacon. Now, when you look at scripture, you will not see where it was said that deacons are called. No, he says he that desires the office of a deacon. So there is a place for you to desire such an office, right? Now, when you desire such an office and you are found faithful by the eyes of men because of your commitments in church, 
maybe church attendance, maybe your gifts, or I mean your offering, or whatever, and they give you that office, but you have not learned, you have not been weaned from the milk of God's word. So you have not learned to put your anger under, you have not learned to be not vengeful, not vindictive, you have not learned how to forbear, uh, uh, um, um, when wrong is done to you, you have not learned long suffering. You have not learned forbearance. You have not learned brotherly kindness. The only thing you learned is faithfulness to the assignment. I just want you to know that you're going to fall. You, will you are going to fall as a deacon, as a pastor, as a man of God, as a cell leader, as a husband, as any type of leader, you are going to fall. Why? Because the people that you are leading are babies. They are children. They are going to throw tantrums. They are going to accuse you of one thing or the other. Do you understand what I'm saying? They are going to do things to hurt you. They are going to do things to offend you. Some of them will defraud each other. There will be cases, there will be issues, and you can't handle it right. Why? Because you are still fleshly. The reason why you are fleshly is that you have not learned the rudiments of the foundational truths of God's word. You have not been weaned from the milk. You didn't drink milk well. Now, milk of God's word is not only faith for getting things, right? If you read in the book of Corinthians, we will see that in the milk of God's word, what Paul fed the Corinthian church was milk. Why did he say he fed them milk? He said, seeing that you still have strife in your midst, you are still quarreling. You are saying, I like Paul. I don't like Apollos. I prefer Paul to Apollos. I prefer this one to this one. When you are saying that Paul is saying, you are still a baby. There was fornication in their midst. Paul said, Kai, you are still a baby. There was gossiping in their midst. Paul said, no, you still need milk. So milk of God's word is not only for faith for getting things. In fact, that church had a lot of faith for material being because they became rich. They were a rich church. Go and read it in the book of Corinthians. They were rich. They had money. The, the city where they lived in was a very cosmopolitan city, a very uh, business city, and there was a lot of enterprise. There was a lot of enterprise. So it was a church that had people of substance. And Paul was saying, Paul mocked them. He was teasing them. He said, see now, you are reigning without us. Now you are reigning. Eh? And you are reigning without us. How I wish I came and reign. You allow us to reign with you. No, he was just mocking them. They were not reigning nothing. They were not reigning nothing because they were babies. He says, see, you are a baby. Let's, let's go to, let me close with, let me close from here. Let me close from here. First Corinthians uh, chapter two. Please read the whole of uh, First Corinthians again. I know Lamb's Wife Company, you've read it once, twice, three times, but please read it again, okay? First Corinthians chapter three said, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babies in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able for you are still carnal. How do I know you are still carnal? For where there is envy, where there is envy, where there is strife, quarreling, where there is division amongst you, 
Are you not carnal? And you are behaving like what? Men, men. When one will say, I am of Paul, and another will say, I am Apollos, I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? Did Paul die for you? Did Apollos die for you? None of these people died for you. The person who died for you is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So Paul was able to understand that these people need milk. So I want to encourage you, child of God, to labor in the faith. Labor to overcome all these, you know, little, little things that mm -hmm. are hurting one another. We're hurting one another. We're bruising one another. Oh, this one did this to me. And you don't want to forgive. You, don't, you can't let go. Please, I want us to labor quickly so that we can be weaned from milk and be able to enter into the proper building of Christ. Hallelujah. So we can start feeding on Christ. We can start feeding on Christ. The leaves of that tree is for the healing of the nations. It's not healing of sickness. I'm telling you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. It's also very important for you to learn how to apply God's word to solve your problems. Financial problem. The solution is in God's word. Physical problem, the solution is in God's word. Emotional problem, the solution is in God's word. Food to eat, handwork, what to do. The solution is in God's word. I want you to labor, to learn the word of God. Learn to use the word of God to solve your problem. Now, some of the things that God's word will deliver to you is wisdom. Say with me, wisdom. Say with me again, wisdom. Now, when a man begins to walk with God, by walking with God, I mean reading his Bible daily, praying daily, being filled with the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues daily. Some of the things that will come out of your life is wisdom for life, wisdom for living. Jesus said something. He said, if any man will follow me, he will not walk in darkness. He will have the light of life. He will have understanding on how to live life on the earth. It is important that you have understanding on how to live life. I'm not even talking about the life of a, a super spiritual man. I'm talking about how to live, you know, the wisdom of Solomon, the wisdom in, in the book of Proverbs. Everyday life living, the wisdom for everyday life living. It's important. And you can get that praying in other tongues, over issues, over matters, asking God for direction, asking God for wisdom, reading the Bible, staying quiet before God, staying still before God, you know, pondering over scriptures in your heart, bringing matters to God, laying them at your feet, praise God, and learning the different types of prayers, all manner of prayer. There are different types of prayer. There's prayer of agreement. Hmm. Looks like I'm rushing this teaching, am I? So maybe I should stop so that I won't rush it. And I'm seeing a lot of people have left. <laughs> the numbers have dropped because of, I guess maybe because of time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Different manners of prayer, different types of prayers. Hallelujah. Let's stop here tonight. God will help us to continue tomorrow.
continue next week, Tuesday. Hallelujah. Can we begin to thank God for tonight? Were you blessed? Was there anyone here that was blessed? Give me a high five, thumbs up if you were blessed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's only Sister Poluka that was blessed. Thank you, Father. Please, can you, can you, can we just thank the Lord? You know, I want you to talk to the Lord tonight. I want you to evaluate your life. I want you to locate where you are in the journey of faith. Are you a baby? Are you a child? Are you, you know, what have you been weaned from? Can you assess your life? Can you assess your faith? Hallelujah. Can you look ahead and see where you should be? And can you ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to help you get there? And let the right journey, let the journey begin. Let the journey to sonship, let the journey to maturity, let it begin. Bible says it is time. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. He said, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Hallelujah. There's a time to put away childish things. There's a time to stop murmuring. There's a time to stop complaining. Because there are consequences for murmuring. I want you to talk to the Lord this evening. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for what you have. The words that you've spoken to us, Lord. Lord, I pray that it will bless your people. It has blessed your people in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Please, I encourage you to um, listen to this message again. Uh, please, media, we want to have this message up um, tomorrow, latest, on the uh, um, on the uh, Telegram um, platform for messages, so that people can go back and listen to it. Hallelujah. Let's break bread. Father, we ask you to bless your, to bless your, this bread, and we receive it as your body, as your flesh that was broken for us. We ask you, Father, to bless this cup. We receive this cup as your blood that was shed for us. Father, we thank you that there are benefits in this covenant. There are benefits in this covenant. Lord, we thank you that the blessings of this covenant will rest upon this community, will rest upon this family. Any family listening tonight, any family that has come in to hear the word of God, that the blessings of this covenant shall rest upon you in the name of Jesus, that the hand of the Lord will be upon you, that the, 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 the power of this everlasting covenant, oh my God, will rest in your home in the name of Jesus. That the blood of the everlasting covenant will surround you and shield you and keep you and preserve you in the name of Jesus. That the blood of the everlasting covenant will make you perfect, will purge your conscience so that you can serve the living God. That the speakings of this blood will awaken those who are asleep in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. It is time, oh Lord God, that we put away childish things 
that the power of this covenant will strengthen us, oh God, to put away childish things. Thank you, Father, for the grace to walk in you. Thank you for the healing of our bodies. I call everyone here under my voice healed. I rebuke sicknesses. I rebuke the spirit of infirmity by the power of this covenant. In the name of Jesus, I declare that you are healed. I command pains to go. I command heart diseases to go. I command arthritis to go. I command sicknesses to go. Blood diseases go. Inflammations go. Lumps grow. Growths go. I rebuke you by the power of this covenant. In the name of Jesus. The word of God declares, I will bless your bread. I will bless your water. I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Father, I thank you that the power of this blood covenant will drive sickness away from our midst in the name of Jesus. Father, we receive grace to become. We receive grace to become. To come into that full image of our Lord Jesus Christ. A people of love. A people of joy. A people of righteousness and true holiness. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So please eat the flesh of Jesus with your family and drink the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Good night. God bless you. Let's share the grace. I'm sorry. Let's share the grace. <laughs> May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy God, Spirit. And the Spirit. Amen. God's goodness and to follow us. Days of our lives. And on Saturday, the grand finale of the conference will be having live meetings at the cave. The morning session is 10 a.m. The evening session is 3 p.m., right? 4 p.m. Okay, he said 4 p.m. 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Um, starting on Thursday. Thursday and Friday would be virtual, but on Friday will be physical attendance. Physical attendance. Invite everyone that you know. You come yourself on Saturday for the grand finale of the Tree of Life, Yahweh to Face Conference 2023. God bless you. Bless God you, keep man. you. God Amen. make his face to shine upon you. Amen. Amen. Give you peace all the days of Amen. your life. Amen. 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 Good night. Amen. Good night, everyone. Good night, ma'am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good evening, Anem. Good evening. Good evening, Mommy. Hallelujah.